0: And welcome to the Scottish Football Show. I'm West Ham Senior Producer Laura Brannan and for the show this week it's something a little bit different. We're all really busy with deadline day this week so I caught up with Motherwell Head Groundsman Paul Matthew the other day to talk about something rather topical for this time of year. Enjoy!
1: Big men are up from the back. El Mahani, right foot. Oh, jeez, peeps, man.
0: Now it's that time of year we often get the dreaded notification saying there's a pitch inspection but what we don't realise is although that can ruin our Saturday it's causing a much bigger headache for the groundsmen around the country. The Scottish winters can be harsh at the best of times. So how exactly are our pitches coping at this time of year? We're joined out by the man responsible for what is widely regarded as one of in fact let's not tiptoe around it the best pitch in the country Motherwell Head's groundsman Paul Matthew. Welcome to the show. This must be a very busy time for you.
1: Yeah, always a busy time for us. Um, a bit different this year with the, the brand new pitch we put in, but prior to that, the previous seven years, yeah, very stressful. Worrying and all kinds of different levels, things you can't control, the uncontrollables. Brand new pitch, but still the same worries.
0: What, what is it about the winter months that make your job so challenging?
1: Well, in the West Auckland, as you know, Laura, the daylight hours are very short, even in the summer. But in the winter, primarily, we, we are very wet. our average rainfall figures are about sixteen hundred millimeters. But after deal with that, that, that that's that where we are. It, but you just get on with it. Uh,
0: like it might sound like a daft question, but you're mentioning the rain there. But is that the worst type of weather that you have to face, or is how's the snow compared? How's the ice compared? Even wind as well. Yeah,
1: what happens with the frost is, we, we, you know, we, we do we get very very minimal touch wood. And I and I and I say this and hope this doesn't happen to us. But we we get very little snow as you as you know in the west of Scotland. Now we we don't get we don't get big dumps, heavy dumps of snow. You know that would that would really put the game off. I think once in the last few years I can remember a game the police called the game off for a heavy dump of snow. But in surrounding areas, funnily enough, the pitch was playable. And the salt Heaton once again bails us out with that. Don't get on if the snow falls too heavy during the game. There's probably not a lot we can do. The undersol heating's already prepped. You know, for snow coming, we'll prep the undersol heating. Stage one, stage two, stage three. And by the time we get to stage three, we've got our maximum heat in the ground. But there are so many variables with that because we want we want the snow to melt as soon as it hits the ground. That's fine if it stops snowing. If it doesn't stop snowing, then you're in a wee bit of different... You're in a different different realms. You know, now you're looking to say, is the snow falling heavy? We can't get rid of it. Can we clear the lines on the pitch? So, those things don't happen very often, I have to say. The frost, on the other hand, I I think I recorded our first frost one year. Um, I think it was probably mid-September. We had our first frost. It was a few years ago. And you're thinking, if we're getting a frost now, that's a long, long way for us to go, you know, around to February, even March. And we've even seen, you know, it's like we get maybe snow in April. But the, the frost... The frost is a funny one because the frost stops you getting on your football pitch. As I said, if you don't have uh, resources like maybe half a pitch of grow lights or a third of pitch of grow lights or enough grow lights that you can make a difference and you can almost cover the rest of the pitch and, and have your lights in one section, cover the pitch. And then when your next moves for your lights, because your lights will stop the frost forming under them, you know, if, it, if it's extreme frost like we had this year, like minus 12s overnight and not, not lifting in the, in the stadium up to about minus 7 all day, that's a very, very, diff- that's a different level altogether. But you, you, your lights will probably stop that in conjunction with your under-salt heating running. But you get the frost sporadically, you know, you get, the, you get a two-week spell that we just had there and that's hard to deal with in the sh- in the most shaded area of the pitch because frost never comes off the pitch. And to have covers down to stop the leaf frost forming at minus 11, 12, you won't stop that. It'll get under the covers. So you would be as well leaving covers off because you can't keep covers on a football pitch for any length of time, you know. You you take them off after two weeks, you'll have you, you, you'll have no grass left, you know. So damaging, under soil, heating and covers, a really damaging combination for many other aspects. Um, the rain for us is, is something that, that my colleagues down south, I don't quite think a lot of them understand how much rain falls in the west of Scotland and how it hinders your match preparation, your day-to-day work, you know, trying to spray, trying to put fertilisers down, you know, um, and just go about your normal day's work, you know, fixing a pitch from, from a Saturday game and the rain hasn't stopped through Saturday and Sunday, Monday, and you're looking at your phone and you've got all you've got on your next two weeks icons is rain. And you're thinking, oh, please give us a break here. I've seen a, a boy, for example, um, on Twitter the other day. And he said, and I think it was just over a over a week's, he had 66 mil of rain. And, and I think, you know, that's a lot of rain. Don't get me wrong, Laura, but we had 75 mil in three days. That's the kind of rain we get. And it's incessant. It never stops. You know, our plans today, for example, in to hoover the pitch after the game and then a feed down, no chance. It it poured down this afternoon so our plans are constantly changing. So the rain is is our biggest enemy in the west of Scotland, without a doubt.
0: But I know you talked to a lot of the kind of other groundsmen in the league. How do they find the, the challenges compared to yourself? And I'm thinking more like kind of the likes of Celtic Rangers who have money, Motherwell who've got a hybrid pitch now, or even like Livy, Kelly who have the Astro pitches. How does it differ between the different grounds?
1: I suppose it comes down to individual groundsmen. And, it, and once again, it comes down to resource levels, manpower and what you have at your disposal to, to mitigate the weather. Livingston are in a funny position, you know, they, they've got a surface where everyone says it's, it's all weather. You know, that was just something that was thrown out there many years ago, which is unfair because then everyone says, oh, it's all weather. It, it's not all weather. So they have a problem where the, the rubber crumb and the sand underneath will freeze. So then the rubber crumb itself freezes. The infill from from the synthetic, that freezes. So what they have to do is heavily salt it with basically cable salt is what it is in order to to make the surface playable and soft enough. So to defreeze it really, um, the problem they've got then, if it rains and it washes the salt through and freezes the next night, they have to re-salt again. So it becomes a very expensive thing to do. And then if they get snow on the pitch, they don't have undersoil heating to, to to melt that snow. So they need to get somebody in to remove the snow. And then, you know, if you get maybe bit a, a three, four inch dump of snow on, on a pitch, that is a hell of a volume of snow. You have to get rid of that. Where does it go in a small stadium? How do you get, how do you remove it from the stadium? How do you plough that? Where do you put that? So, Livia well, have got their own problems in that respect. For us, like with the new hybrid pitch, what we've found is the undersoil heating is working far more effectively on the new hybrid simply because the spaces in between the particles, the air spaces, are, are freer and not so condensed with excessive moisture as the old pitch was. So we're finding we can turn our so heating down to keep ours from freezing. You know, Rangers, Celtic, they, they, they'll do a very, very similar process to us. It won't be any different. The, the only thing that they can they, they can throw at it that we can is manpower. So they can bring all the guys in, you know, if they have to do specific things like cover the pitch, for example, the night before or, or, or something like that. You know, it's they, they, everybody's different how they go about it. And I suppose it, it's all very it's all very different in terms of your own individual stadium as well. You know, as you know, Laura, I worked at Ibrox for Rangers for 10 years and, and I worked in Ibrox for five years. It's a very, very, very difficult stadium, very cold stadium. You know, in a very very difficult stadium to, to get rid of frost once it sets in. For Park, at Motherwell where I am right now, has that big south stand and that casts a shadow at this time of the year, virtually up to the into the, the next six yard box up the other end of the the the, the stadium. Um, so frost in itself for us is a tough one, and that's our environment. You know, there's maybe other grounds that aren't so lucky, they're maybe a wee bit more open, they're they're a wee bit more closed. So the environment can dictate what happens to you in terms of how the weather hits you, you know. If you're lucky enough, you've got a small south-facing stand and if the sun gets up, you get the sun on the pitch. We don't get that in in the winter, the sun never gets above our stand. So everybody's got their own problems to seek. You know, most groundsmen in general... I'm not sitting there having a fantastic time of it at, at, at this time of the year. No matter how good your football pitch is, you can't change the weather. So, what what you can change is is the resource level, which is another thing for us up here. You know, it's a, it's a very difficult circumstance that we work in, most of us, but we know our way around it.
0: Do you think it's fair to say that the average fan doesn't quite realise just the extent of work that goes into maintaining pitches for the, like, not even just this time of year, but the full season? Because it is a journey for you guys, isn't it, from start to finish?
1: Yeah, um, we always get the, ah, oh, it's a great job you've got in the summer. I never had anybody say that to me in the winter. And and that's them not knowing what we do. I mean, it, you know, we're sometimes in it for Park and getting our pitches ready, you know, if it's an early kick-off. If you're lucky enough that you can go into your stadium and a and, and facilities manager... The stadium manager allows you to put floodlights on to work. We we we'll quite happily go in at half past five in the morning, Lord, and nobody sees that. Everybody turns up at a half twelve kick off on a Sunday or something like that, and they think the magic has just happened. It's it's a process we go through leading up to games. So you know, as soon as a game finishes, that is the first part of our recovery to the next game. That that's what we do. A lot of what we do is unseen, and all anybody ever sees is on a match day. So. You know, there's plans in place that, you know we're we right now we're dealing with a very very high profile pitch build. It's the best pitch build you can get in the world. There's, there's nothing else to beat it. Everybody wants a stitched hybrid constructed pitch, so that comes that comes with its own its own problems. So you get to know the pitch for a year. You get to know what works on it, what doesn't work, how, it's, how the weather affects it, how the play affects it. We have lots of plans in place. We plan a month, maybe a month and a half in advance of what we do, looking for windows of opportunity, you know, international breaks, so we can get some some maintenance done without any football on the pitch. But then, as you well know, when that window opens, everybody sees it as a free hit to get on the pitch to do something. When in actual fact, they don't quite understand that that is our opportunities to set our plans in motion. To prolong the quality of the pitch as the season goes on The less time we get to do that Quite simply, the the less quality the pitch tends to be As we go through the season A lot of people don't quite understand that You know, when pitches are good You're the greatest groundsman in the world When the pitch is poor Then it's, you know, you're not very good The club's not invested heavily And then the flip side of that, when they invest heavily Why do we spend so much on the football pitch? You can't win as a groundsman So we, we just make best of what we have What we do Plan with passion, desire Desire to have the very best football pitch For the football club that we work for You know, that that's a professional pride And that's what we do For Motherwell Football Club We want to have the best football surface in the country For our players to play on And the other teams that come They also get the benefit of a very good surface And, and that could be seen as an advantage To some teams coming to, to Fir Park Where you know, But I don't see it as a, I, I see it as a level playing field Professionalism and standards and I think as long as everybody can get their head around it, it's standards we're trying to achieve. Everyone's got standards in their own job and we're trying to achieve that throughout the season, which, as you say, there's a journey. It's a long journey. Um, and it's probably a longer journey, it feels like, in the west of Scotland than maybe my counterparts down south, you know.
0: It really is. It's the hallowed turf, though. I mean, I've always kind of respected your standards in terms of you don't walk in the pitch unless you're ground staff or you're playing on the actual day itself. The strict rules at Motherwell, isn't there? And it's something that I've always respected and taken with me to other grounds. Whenever I visited away grounds, but it's important, isn't it, for kind of keeping that that mindset there for the standards to stay high.
1: I think so, Laura. It's, it, it, I get often asked this: Why do you why do you worry so much when people walk on the pitch? Well, our job's very physical. There has been f- from day one as it, as much as as technology in our and in our, in our job, the job, work still has to be done. So it's a physical job. I I don't want my physical exertions and my colleagues wasted by people using it as what what can be perceived as a Sunday park. It is a professional playing surface, hopefully looked after by professional groundsmen. I just think when the surface is not being used, that's what we want. We, we want everybody to respect it. It's not a shortcut. It's not a path across somewhere. It's a professional playing surface. That we, as groundsmen, put a lot of effort and time into to provide for our players to play on. It's not for anybody else to be on. Groundsmen work on it. Players play on it. And coaches coach on it. So we put a hell of a lot of effort into something. I think it's something anything you put effort into. And ours is physical exertion a lot of the times. So, you know, for it to be abused in a manner or not respected, that's the kind of thing we're trying to get away from. We're just saying, listen... See, if you respect what we do, we will respect what you do. You know, I don't upset anybody else's job. You know me, Laura. I, I, I'm very much, I'll help out where I can, but I don't get involved in anybody else's job because my job's hard enough as it is. So I just expect people to to say, listen, here's the standards. The pitch isn't your shortcut. The pitch isn't to be wandering about on the phone talking. It, it, it's a professional playing surface. And if we want to be perceived as a professional football club, and let's set professional standards in everything we do. So it's the pitch. It's what what you guys used to do. It's it's everything, you know, how, how do we greet people when they come to our football club? It's working with coaching staff on a match day. We want to work with them. We don't want to work against them. We want to help to get the best day for everybody. And obviously three points for Miller on a Saturday or, or whatever the day it is. And that is ultimately what it is, you know, that, that is the best week for us. It's Professionally prepare the pitch Hopefully the professional standards are there Every day for everybody to see I would like to think that Because we certainly give them the respect We just want it back Because because if we don't, our efforts are in vain You know, it, it, it doesn't become An enjoyable job then it becomes a chore You know, football's a, a Fantastic environment to work in When things are going great You know, and people tend to forget themselves a wee bit When the things are going poor So if we can maintain the standards and everybody can respect us of what we do. Because ultimately we do it for footballers to, to play on. And I, I would like to think they respect the effort that we put in. A lot of the times they don't see the effort, once again, because they're either home or, you know, they haven't came to the match yet and we've been in for five or six hours, seven hours already. So it's just those things, just trying to, to get professional standards. And I think I think it's not much to ask for in a professional football club.
0: No, definitely. That's all from us this week. A huge thank you for all of you out there for downloading and listening. We'll be back the same time next week. So until then, take care.